2: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Buffalo Bills. This is the Bills Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, here's your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bills Wire editor, Nick Wotan. Hey there, welcome to the program. Good to be uh, back talking Bills football with you, Nick, because uh, we had to take, we took Thanksgiving off. The Bills played on Thanksgiving night. It kind of felt a little funny to try to do a show right before that game kicked off. But so, uh, you know, it's been a little bit of a break for us on the show. Uh, how was Thanksgiving for you?
3: Ryan, it was good. I hope yours was good. And I, uh, you know, you know, I, I hope that uh, everyone else out there kind of went uh, their Thanksgiving with the way the Bills were podcast. We took last week off after the demolition that the, uh, Colts put on us and we decided hey, you know what are plan? Thanksgiving let's not talk this
1: week <laughs> <A lick> the <laughs> and then they come back yeah.
3: and then and then they smoke the Saints so I hope everyone's uh, Thanksgiving went in an incline like the Billsware
2: podcast did in the last couple of days I don't know if it was a happy Thanksgiving for Bills fans until the game at night right I think it was still probably an ornery Thanksgiving for Bills fans until they whipped the Saints and it's like alright maybe maybe we got our team back and I, and I, I do want to get into that but first uh, just for all our listeners, friendly reminder, hit that subscribe button for us. Search the Bills Wire on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever works best for you. We appreciate each and every one of you for listening. The key for me, Nick, is I just thought the Bills looked like a different – they, they look like a different team on on Thursday night against New Orleans. They look like a team that played with an edge, right? It's like that edge that's been missing. I keep bringing that up. Probably sound like a broken record, but I just think it starts with Josh Allen with those, like, Design quarterback physical runs where he takes a couple hits and flips the ball and shows the swag. I don't know. I, I actually buy into that. I think that matters. I thought seeing some of those designed runs again with Josh Allen, and then I thought Matt Breida getting the start, and he gave them a spark with a couple of uh, a positive gains to start that first drive. It just looked like the Bills were in playoff mode. Finally, right? It's like enough of this. Like we're the front runners. We're going to act like we're the front runners and like not take teams seriously anymore. Like. Can we just get back to being like that Buffalo edge? Like, I, I saw it against the Saints. I haven't seen it the last couple of weeks. I thought that was the key to the game. It's it's not an X's and O's thing. It's like an attitude thing.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the Bills really rung true in their assessment of post-Colts. All you heard was, man, we can't wait to get back out there on uh, on Thursday on Thanksgiving. And I mean, who can blame you, right? I mean, you have that horrible game against the Colts, um, and, and you just want to forget about it immediately. And thankfully, thankfully the Bills, they were able to do exactly that. And, yeah, they 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 had a little bit of swagger about him immediately. Um, really, I mean, 31-6 to 6 final, it felt like it was like 51-6, to 6, didn't it? I mean, it was just all bills the no entire doubt. time. Yep. It was Allen over in the had, first quarter. Yeah, Allen had his first career interception in the red zone, which, of course, a defender hit his arm. Uh, so, uh, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll put a little asterisk out there for the Josh Allen stands. But he did throw his first career red zone interception. And, I, I mean, if it wasn't for – one of those turnovers or two. I mean, we're looking at you know forty-five on the board. You know, it's it, it's a way more lot game. And you're right, that running attack, uh, Ryan, between Allen, between Brita. I mean, Allen was twenty-three for twenty-eight, very efficient with the ball. Uh, so he only threw what four or five actual incomplete passes because he had two interceptions in the game with four touchdowns as well. Twenty-three for twenty-eight passing. I felt like the the running game with Allen with Brita, it just mixed perfectly with. Allen being efficient with the ball, and the Bills almost could do no wrong, uh, other than their offensive line a little suspect at times, but, you know, uh, hopefully some good news coming on that front, uh, we we know of now soon, but yeah, I I totally agree, the Bills just, the word swagger really came to mind for this one, and I I always feel like that word's like a low-hanging fruit, you know, I, I have Stephen A. Smith, and And first take and get up on my TV, uh, Dan Orvlovsky saying all these words all the time in front of my face. I I feel like I'm going for the low hanging fruit, you know, but uh, I really think the Bills had that swagger against the Saints, something that you you really either have or you don't. The Bills definitely had.
2: What the hell's going on with Zach Moss? He's inactive for this game. They they, they start Breida. He gives them a little bit of a spark. It's Breida and Singletary. Zach Moss, a healthy scratch for a second game this year, Nick. Kind of surprising. I mean, Ah, I think they've sent this kid a couple messages now. Now it's a second message during the same season. That's not a good sign for Zach Moss.
3: Yeah, maybe a sophomore slump type of thing for him, Ryan. I I don't know, because last year it just seemed like the Bills, when they run the ball, when they actually run the ball last year and weren't just leaning on Josh Allen, it was Zach Moss. When he was running it, they had a little bit more efficiency, not by a lot, but a little bit more efficiency. So you kind of expected that to continue, but – I mean, he just—I uh, think they just like the way that, especially with Matt Breida, by comparison with his speed. I mean, he just—he commits to his speed. He's—he's he's going around that edge, and he's going. And kind of with Moss, I think they're maybe thinking, you know, hey man, you're not Devin Singletary. He, he can dance around Devin Singletary. He can do the Lashawn McCoy cut on a dime a little bit, you know. Zach Moss is—you got to make a decision. You got to lower that shoulder. You got to—you uh, know—I'm gonna gonna over exaggerate. You got to Derek Henry it a little bit, you know. You got to get some yards after. Uh, yard after contact and of course Zach Moss is, is definitely no Derrick Henry or or Jonathan Taylor or anyone because those guys aren't healthy scratches. They are playing and playing very well and Zach Moss has struggled this year.
2: He has now and, and definitely not a Jonathan Taylor that guy's a beast as Bills fans saw a couple weeks ago and we'll get into that one but first we got to cover the tough news right? Good news that the Bills beat the Saints and kind of got right and they needed that before this game with the Patriots but um, just devastating to see Trey White go down with a season-ending knee injury. What kind of sucks, Nick, is that at this time of the year you kind of are what you are in terms of your roster, right? You you can't really you can't really go out and find help. You know, you're not gonna go like make a trade or or pick somebody up. Like at this point, it's and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like Levi Wallace, Dane Jackson on the outside, and Taron Johnson in the slot. Like it, it's not like these guys aren't capable; they've played there before. But it's like you kind of are what you are. Those are your guys, and then. Sierra Neal, he's a fifth-year player. Um, I don't know much about Cam Lewis at all. You know, I don't think the Bills had a ton of corner depth before Trey White got hurt, so definitely thin at the cornerback spot, uh, Nick. But you know, what do you think about this whole situation? Trey White going down, devastating for the team, and now these guys got to pick up the slack.
3: You know, Bills fans, they're gonna be their uh, always confident selves, if you will. And you know, I've seen some seen some folks that you know, Dane Jackson, they liked him. But uh, <laughs> listen. Guys, no one's Tredavious White. He's one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, maybe the best cornerback in the NFL. Um, excellent player, better guy. So it really, really stinks. Fan favorite guy you hate to see go down. Uh, maybe the guy on the team that you hate to see go down the most because he's just so genuine in who he is in pretty much every aspect. You know, you don't see a lot of those. But in uh, Dane Jackson, you got a guy. So the good and the bad. The good and the bad with Dane Jackson. So the Bills came into the offseason. And they said, hey, Levi Wallace versus Dane Jackson. Here's our number two cornerback battle. On the good news, they were going to give Dane Jackson an opportunity. On the bad side, it really was never anyone but Levi Wallace's battle because he just smoked him in every aspect. <laughs> yeah,
2: and it never is. Levi camp. always wins those battles.
3: And Levi Wallace just, you know, he's uh, you know, Levi, if you hear this, don't take it personal. He's like a bug. He's like a cockroach. he's just is never going away. You know what I mean? <laughs> like
2: Seriously, You're never yes. going to get rid
3: of him. <laughs> it's a compliment, I promise. <laughs> you're never going to get rid of him. And he's He's, he's a really solid number two cornerback. I think he does make his mistakes, but folks, you're not going to do a lot better than Levi Wallace. Number one cornerback, yeah, you can get Stradavious White, and now it's a big question mark. With Levi being the number one, he has to step up, certainly. And he's capable of doing so. As I mentioned, Dane Jackson, they did like him. They wanted to give him an opportunity, but having said that, he, he, he really has been kind of Ryan he's like kind of like a a boomer bust kind of guy in terms of a cornerback which is kind of maybe not what you want to see Levi's the more consistent guy where maybe he'll get beat here or there but Dana will sometimes get beat for the big play and Cam Lewis he's a little bit of a of a tweener guy they can play him on the outside if they need to but he's probably more of a backup for Taron Johnson in the middle last year early Taron Johnson's Playing phenomenal right now in the slot, but early last year, he actually got a bench and played in favor of Cam Lewis. So the Bills also, like Dane Jackson, have some faith in Cam Lewis, but having said that, he played, I think, like three snaps, broke his hand or broke his wrist, and the season was over, Cam Lewis. So, unfortunately for him, he got an opportunity because, you know, injury happens immediately. Taron Johnson got thrown back out there and he did pretty well. Uh, eventually, you know, that Lamar Jackson interception in the playoffs was probably the most memorable thing from last year's postseason run. So, yeah. Uh, having said that, the depth is super going to be tested by the Bills here, but thankfully, um, I, I, I mean, when Trey goes down, you can't replace him, but at least you have maybe the best safety duo, too, in the NFL, and that's going to be huge for the Bills. Those guys can just step up. Obviously, Levi and Dane have to step up, but um, yeah, Tradavius White, I mean, the, the guy you least like to see go down for the Bills you know hopefully hopefully he comes back to 100 percent. you never know with the acl injury it hate to be the bearer of bad news but you, you know how those go they sometimes take we saw harrison phillips have one uh in, in the defensive trenches and of course they're different positions but uh really just any position in the nfl right ryan i mean yeah. the acl injury you're like you're kind of holding your breath for a year maybe two to hope hope a guy gets back to his form but uh you know every, everyone i think is going to be uh going to be crossing their fingers and you know, knocking on wood and whatever good omens put out there for Trey White. Uh, Not just because he's such a pivotal part of a potential Super Bowl team, but uh, again, he's such a great guy, always embraced Buffalo. And, you know, uh, we've seen a lot of that under McDermott. The guys come here and embrace it. But really, Tredavious White legitimately was the first one to do so. He was McDermott's first ever draft pick. So he was the first guy to kind of set that precedent to come into Buffalo, love this place, you know, work his tail off and really earn everything he's got. And uh, hopefully he comes back because he certainly deserves it.
2: This isn't a season killer, even though it, it it's such a gut punch to lose a guy as good as Trey White and a you know it's good a person as you said. It's not a season killer though. It's not like Josh Allen getting hurt or something, right? It's this is not. This shouldn't derail the Bills' chances. It just sucks. That's all there is to say. It just blows that. Uh, yeah, perfectly. It just sucks. Yeah, it just sucks. Another thing that sucked was that loss of the Colts, and I was there in person. I was I made my trip to Buffalo. We did a podcast on that last uh, last time we were on. And uh, Nick and I will get into that, and I'll give you my takeaways for my trip to Buffalo right after this.
0: This is the typical sports Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting.
4: Corey Benini here with TheHuddle.com to bring you strong plays for Week 13 quarterback Taylor Heineke, Washington football team at Las Vegas Raiders. While Heineke has multiple touchdown passes in only one of the last seven outings, this could be a get-right game for the gunslinger against a Las Vegas defense that has yielded 25.9 plus PPR points to four quarterbacks in the last six games. Over the last three weeks, this matchup is 36.2% easier to exploit than the league average, largely thanks to Patrick Mahomes, but even Teddy Bridgewater dropped nearly 30 points against his defense going back to week six. Heineke and Washington have momentum on their side, and the quarterback has the weaponry to approach 25 fantasy points, running back Alexander Madison, Minnesota Vikings at Detroit Lions. Madison will make his third start of the year with Dalvin Cook, set to miss time with a shoulder injury. The Boise State product was thrust into the same role as Cook in the two prior starts, rushing 26 times for 112 yards and 25 for 113 in weeks three and five, respectively. He added six catches for 59 yards and seven catches, 40 yards, and a touchdown via the passing game in those same two contests. The Lions were his Week 5 opponent, and they allowed 28.3 PPR points. Detroit has been among the softest of softies versus running backs in this season, giving up 17 total touchdowns in 11 games, including 7 receiving scores and 141.4 total yards per game on average. Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Chase Claypool versus Baltimore Ravens. Claypool has come on a little bit of late, registering eight catches on 17 targets in the last two games since returning from a toe injury in week 10. He has not scored since week 5, but has a better than average chance if he can avoid Marlon Humphrey more often than not. Deontay Johnson should see Humphrey more than he'll see Anthony Averett, which leaves Claypool to exploit one of the best individual matchups of the year. And even if he draws Humphrey, the Pro Bowl cornerback hasn't been as strong as he had in recent years. Some Something in the neighborhood of 15-18 to 18 PPR points can be expected. CJ Uzama, Cincinnati Bengals vs. Los Angeles Chargers. LA has done a good job of limiting tight ends yardage and receptions, but also has been the easiest defense to play against in terms of getting into the end zone. And that is the only reason why anyone should consider playing Uzama in fantasy. He has been mostly useless since a midseason spurt of 5 touchdowns in 4 games, so realize any inclusion of him into a fantasy lineup is among the wildest of gambles in week 13. Be sure to check out thehuddle.com for more award-winning content as we help put you into the playoffs.
0: That was your Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com. for terms and conditions, 21 plus only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of
1: uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast, Set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: All right, Nick, on my trip to uh, Buffalo. First off, the drive up from New Hampshire, right along that countryside, once you get into New York, uh, what is that highway? It's like 91 or whatever. You're on that highway for like. Yeah, 90, yep, yeah. Yeah, oh, Route 90. You're on that highway for like 230 straight miles or something. until <laughs> like, the, I got, the I got, end of time? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah but it was uh, really enjoyable actually my wife has a bunch of family in ohio and we've made the drive to cincinnati once and we went through pennsylvania and that that was like a boring kind of terrible drive you're in Pe- you're driving through pennsylvania forever and you see nothing but trees uh yep, this, yep. this drive into buffalo with the countryside i mean it was really fun i actually really enjoyed the drive i did the drive by myself and met my brother-in-law there but it was a really pleasing drive if i ever drive to ohio again I'm going to split the trip up and go to Buffalo, stay overnight, and then continue on <laughs> to because that's the way to go. The trip was was great, right? So I meet my brother-in-law there, and I'm all excited. I'm like, I want to go to Josh Allentown. I want to go to downtown Buffalo. I want to do all these things. Uh, but no, Nick, I ended up being a passenger to my brother-in-law, who's a diehard Bills fan, grew up in Buffalo 20 minutes from the stadium, one of these suburbs of Buffalo. And I had to go see his old house. We had to drive through his neighborhood. We had to go to his old grocery store, buy a bunch of buffalo sauce that he could bring home. And then I had to go to his old bar to meet all his buddies. And his buddies were there because they're all there for Thanksgiving. And we meet at the bar. And we and we were hanging out, having beers and wings and stuff. So that's how like, the trip went on Saturday night. Like It wasn't me going to downtown Buffalo like I really wanted. It was me being <laughs> yep. a passenger down like memory lane. But maybe that's like the best way to experience Buffalo, right? I don't know. So I just kind of went with it. And it ended up being a really good time.
3: Yeah, right. In a sense, you you did get a little bit of the true Buffalo experience, just because if you go, anyone on Earth from Buffalo who goes home to Buffalo, they're gonna do that exact thing. They're <laughs> yeah. gonna go, they're gonna go to the old stopping Browns. They're gonna go, you know, definitely go get some. Uh, personally, I prefer the, the Rudy's Blue Cheese. I gotta get my, my hometown Blue Cheese in me, and but you know, you gotta do you gotta do it. You really gotta do it. But um, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much a Buffalo experience, where because you're gonna be. I'm a Niagara Falls native, but you know we're gonna go to Niagara Falls, and I'm just gonna call it Buffalo anyway. You know, <laughs> yeah. You're gonna go to some suburb, but they're all
2: Buffalo. None of those guys had any interest in jumping in an Uber and going down to the touristy spots. They just had no interest at all, and I was like, you know what? I, I don't I don't blame you. Um, the good thing is we were in this random Irish pub, and they had beef on weck on the menu, and they had um they had like a micro, Tin Man micro brew right there. So they were brewing. Yeah, Tin Man. Yeah, yeah, Thin Man. Yep, yeah, yep. No, t- yeah, thin man. So I was able to get that good beer, got a double IPA going and ordered the, the beef on Weck and got it with the horseradish and smothered that on and everything, Nick. And man, first of all, there's a lot of beef on that sandwich. I was after eating oh, some yeah. wings. Oh, yeah. I, I ate some wings before that. I almost like fell over after eating this and having a couple beers. Uh, th- but it was uh, it was good, man. I can see why that's the uh, the rage of the town. I did have a beef on Weck, and I will say it was excellent. It was very good.
3: You did do some Buffalo Wright, right? I did. Give yourself yeah. some credit. You did some Buffalo right.
2: Yeah. But now for the annoying part, so uh, the game against the Colts, we had these really, really good seats that were like first row end zone. Uh, My buddy has unbelievable season tickets uh, that I got for this game. So we had a a front row seat literally Nick, to the Bills getting run over by Jonathan Taylor. And really, I think my number one takeaway, being in the stadium around the fans, you could really just sense the concern and just how angry the fans were, right? The Bills have just not been playing up to their potential, up to expectation. And you could kind of feel it early in that game as the weather kept getting worse that the Bills just weren't going to beat the Colts. And it was so obvious to Bills fans that they were – when I say they were emptying when Isaiah McKenzie fumbled that football, I mean fans were leaving, Nick. They were heading for the exits. They were heading for the exits at halftime. And when the Bills went three and out to start the third quarter, more people headed for the exits. And before the fourth quarter, I don't know if you could see many Bills fans around your seat. It was all Colts fans. And even we left early. It was there, there. Was it was just nothing to see anymore by that point in the game. The weather got kind of colder, windier, and rainier. And I think my number one takeaway was just Bills fans were angry. And thank God for this win over the Saints because I don't know, like Buffalo might have been set on fire. Like Bills fans were just so upset and angry, and just in disbelief that the Patriots had already beat the Falcons and were going to be in first place if the Bills lost this game, and that Bills really never gave themselves a chance uh, to beat the Colton. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's a real worry and you know, just in talking to Bills fans while I was on the trip, there's a real worry that this Bills team is kind of more finesse than power. And that teams like the Colts can come in and just run it down your throat and just be more physical than you and knock you off. And I think that's a real concern right now for Bills fans. And, you know, you got you got teams like the Patriots that are gonna try to do that to you. They're gonna just gonna try to win up front and run it down your throat. And can you stop it? Right. And can you and can you match it on the other side? Because the Bills are just they're trying everything they can. That burrito, what can we do to get the run game going? So I think that's a real concern. But I think number my number one takeaway was just Bills fans are like teetering on the edge of just being fed up and just completely pissed about where this season is heading. And and hopefully it doesn't go off the rails here, Nick.
3: Well, I'm just going to respond to this like a true Bills fan would. Uh, I only remember them playing the Saints. Jets and then the Saints. Uh, I don't know what, I'm not sure what you're talking about, but, um,
2: we, but uh, that game was blacked out shortly after it happened.
3: Yeah. My TV, I don't know what's going on with it. I got to check that out. Um, but uh, Yeah, no, I mean, the, the Colts game was, was brutal. What, what more can you say? I mean, mistakes after mistake, after mistake, Allen kind of went into playing some hero ball. Uh, I mean, the missing pieces and the trenches are, were real bad. I mean, you, you have, great pieces. Like the Colts have some of the best line play in the NFL they have for years now. Uh, it seems like it's if, even somehow like PFF says that Quentin Nelson is like their, their worst offensive lineman, which is like, what? Like the best offensive lineman in the league is their
2: worst one. Don't get me started <laughs> how, on PFF. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah. I'm like, how the hell is that possible? But anyways, I mean, that just shows that, you know, guess how good the plays and the trenches. Josh Allen was running all over the place. He's trying to play some hero ball. I mean, they, they're turning the ball over. I mean, Isaiah McKenzie, that was just, uh, the most brutal, brutal, I think, kick return, I, I, he just dropped it. You know, yeah. He was raining hard, and I heard the heavens opened like a minute before that happened, and he just yeah. dropped it. He put it on the ground, unfortunately, and that was that. But um, it's more just good line play, and the Bills don't bring it in those certain games, and that's when they get beat. I mean, that's the same thing that happened against the Titans, right? And I don't know if the Bills going forward, if they maybe get one of these playoff matches or, or, or whatnot, Ryan, if, if you know, maybe they meet the Titans or something, and Derrick Henry's back, of course, it's, he's the complete difference maker in this equation, but if the bills get a match up like that, I don't know if they, maybe they try to switch something up. I know they love tearing Johnson in the nickel and even against like Jonathan Taylor, even against Derek Henry, they're going, no, we're playing nickel because Taron Johnson, you know, he's that, he's that uh, scrappy guy. He's going to get in there. He's going to make plays and it's, it's no knock against him, but I, I don't know. Maybe they got to mix in a little bit more base with yeah. AJ Klein in there. too. Beef it up.
2: Just beef get, it up. Yeah.
3: Beef it up. Uh, get up, get five linemen in there. I don't know. I don't know. Just do something crazy and, You know, when the line is scrimmage in these games, but, um, you know, going forward, uh, we'll see what happens with the Bills. Thankfully, you know, I know we're going to get to it. They're getting some reinforcements in the trenches on both sides back. So that'll certainly help.
2: Yeah, that should help. But uh, even with that, even with guys in and out of the lineup, like giving up 41 to the Colts, being seven and four and in second place right now in week 13, not where we expected the Bills to be, not where fans wanted them to be. It's an underachievement, right? By at least a game, maybe two. The Bills should have been in a better spot going into this Monday night showdown with the Patriots. But, uh, you know, you can't go back in time now, Nick. This is where we're at, right? Really fun matchup. I think it might be the biggest Monday night football game in NFL history. That's what it feels like to me. This just feels like a huge (sighs) game. It just feels way big. I'm overhyping it, but it just feels so big. And uh, let's get into the the spread in the matchup and how this game could go down. The line is moving. We'll tell you which way right after this.
0: This is the Typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting.
3: What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by Sportsbookwire.com. I'm here with my and homie Nathan Beagle to break down this week's Sunday night football game between the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. Of- Baltimore Ravens are favored three and a half the total is 45 and a half. I'm on the Cleveland Browns getting three and the hook football outsiders actually grades the Browns higher than the Baltimore I think it could be a get right spot for Cleveland's offense playing against a banged up uh, Baltimore defensive line and a banged up Baltimore secondary Nate how do you see this game
4: playing out? So Baltimore averages the most rushing yards per game, and the Browns are giving up more than 165 per game. Give me Lamar in the points. Also, the Browns have not lost by less than three this season. Three and a half it is.
0: That was your typical sportsbook minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast typicalcom for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human
1: remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast... Set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Buffalo's a great team. They've done a, you know, uh, Sean's done a great job with, with his team and, and um, you know, being with the organization, team building, and so forth. And, you know, we have a lot of respect for Buffalo and, what they've accomplished, what they are, how they play. Um, you know, we're going to have to play our best game. We know that. And that's what we're going to prepare to do.
2: Freaking Belichick. Freaking Belichick, Nick. What do you think? It as a Bills fan when, you, when you're hearing Belichick just singing your praises before a big game? Like, it's just. It feels like old times again almost
3: at this point it's kind of like uh i don't know I'm, I'm too much of uh, you know me I, I can't get away from a podcast without sounding like a curmudgeon grumpy sports reporter but he used to say the same thing when you know we would be on a conference call with him and they're talking about rex
2: ryan which oh yeah we
3: know which we know is not true but uh, i actually like i think he was on uh, what is it up there W-E-E-I, the wei yeah, that's,
2: station, one, of yeah, that's one of
3: them they don't uh, they don't like me much there <laughs> 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 that's, that's an understatement yeah, he said, I don't think they like me much there. I said, well, you're not kidding, Bill.
2: This line opened up at three and a half. Three and a half. Bills were three and a half point favorites. And it was there for most of the day on Monday. And I was just like, three and a half. Doesn't that feel like too many points? It just feels like too many. Why is the line at three and a half? I knew that so oh, many. Says, yep,
3: yep. So the, much action. I don't action. like that.
2: <laughs> nope. So much action was going to come in on the Patriots of that number. And it has all my little sports betting apps. People are writing articles. Oh, I'm betting the Patriots now. I'm not waiting till game time. bet them now. And the line has come down on Tipico. It's now two and a half. So the line's moving. You know, there's there's reason to bet the Patriots, right? They're hot. They've won six straights. Their defense is playing unbelievable. Mac Jones is getting all the airtime he can from those talking heads you've talked about, Dan Orlovsky. He can't get Mac Jones. He'll, he'll give you a video about Mac Jones, and he'll spend an hour on that, breaking it down.
3: Still not <laughs> enough explanation about him wearing a hoodie under a blazer, but go on.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. As for the matchup, the Bills have struggled a little bit against zone defenses, right? We've talked about that. When teams keep the safeties deep and dare the Bills to run, the Bills haven't proven they can beat that yet, really. And that's what the Patriots do, right? They play zone pretty much predominantly. They're going to play zone, and they're going to try to get pressure with Matthew Judon off the edge. And they're going to protect themselves from having to play any kind of man-to-man defense because the Patriots do not want a situation where Jalen Mills, who's a safety, uh, and plays number two corner for them, they don't want a situation where Mills is trying to cover Emmanuel Sanders because if the Bills are smart and see... Manny Sanders versus Jalen Mills and man-to-man coverage, they're going to go to that matchup and they're going to win that matchup every single time. I think the Patriots are going to be trying to disguise everything, make Josh Allen decipher things on the fly and try to bait him into mistakes. And I'm worried a little bit because I think that makes the Patriots a bad matchup a little bit. The Bills have had struggles against that kind of team. And then on offense, the Patriots are going to like call smart little plays for Mac Jones that are safe and generate yards after the catch. They're not going to commit a lot of penalties and they're going to try to run the ball down your throat with Damian Harris and Ramadre Stevenson. And that's another thing that the bills haven't done a great job covering, right? So if bills fans are concerned about this matchup, I can't really blame them because the Patriots seem to do things well that the bills have struggled with.
3: For sure. For sure. I I totally agree. I mean, the bills really got to bring their grade a game to to counter those things. And I think offensively, (laughs) Allen really can't be forcing the ball. Um, that's that's exactly what it's been—the deep ball. He's either inaccurate or forcing it, turning into some incompletions, turning into some uh, turnovers. Last week, I really liked the formula that the Bills did. Allen was great. He was 23 of 28, and they actually ran the ball. And I think that's a good way to maybe counter, maybe get the maybe get the Patriots to bite up from that zone a little bit, maybe. Then go deep, maybe then find Diggs. But I think Stefan Diggs is also going to be a, a, a really huge part of this game as well. I mean, last year against the Patriots, he just he torched them on both Can't sides. Cover Can't cover. Uh, I, yeah, if Bills fans, will remember that photo of him turning around there on the peace side to to, to J. C. Jackson, and I know he's going to remember that
2: too. <laughs> oh so, uh, yeah, uh, remember this the crap talking. Yeah. yeah, the crap talking, and Diggs won that battle in the end.
3: Yep, yeah, yeah, he he won that battle, and uh, the Bills. I I don't know if that's going to make him force feed feed him, but. If, if that's the case, please run the ball, too. Maybe even get Allen moving around out there again as well. I I, I, I don't dislike when Allen does that, and he, he doesn't take massive hits. I mean, he is a pretty big dude, and he can move pretty quick for his size. So, sure, defensively, yeah, it's just we're going to see, again, uh, the play I think in the franchise is going to make the difference here for the Bills against Harris, against Stevenson. Um, Starla Tullier coming back is, is definitely going to make a difference. Um, I, I think Ed Oliver is going to have to be a big, big piece as well, known as the – I guess three tech, the pass rushing guy in the middle, you know, um, he's got to play good against the run as well. Cause it's probably going to be him and Star Tulia out there the most. Uh, Harrison Phillips has actually played pretty well uh, with Tulia out, but they're not going to, they're not going to, um, you know, sacrifice a spot in the lineup. They're going to put Tulia there next to Ed Oliver. And I think those two got to stuff up the middle and uh, Hey, get after it on the edge as well. Whether it's Gary Hughes, Greg Rousseau, whoever, um, they really got to play well in the trenches to kind of counter what the, uh, what the Patriots want to do. I, I, I doubt that they're going to get to Mac Jones. Cause to your point, Ryan, you know, they like to, you know, get high percentage plays almost. Um, taking what they give you, uh, getting the ball out quick. Um, he, he's, he being Matt Jones is kind of steadily, I, I think, at least from an outsider's perspective, has been, I don't know, taking the reins off a little bit maybe. Um, and to be seen at the beginning of the season, it was just like tink and dunk. We're not yeah. going to let this kick anything. But now he's doing a little bit more to his credit. But, yeah, I think the Bills, I, I'm not expecting too many sacks on him, just the nature of the beast. And, I mean, we'll see. I, I, I know the highlight is going to be, you know, we're going to hear Steve Levy and whatever, the Mannings, whoever we're well, whatever ESPN station you're watching this, the Manning they'll be back. I think they're going to be talking about Tredavious White being out, but I think it's really just going to come down to uh, trenches versus trenches when the Patriots are out there. Even though I'm sure they'll pick on Dane Jackson a little bit, but <laughs> Damian Harris is probably going to be, I think, the, the key factor for the uh, for the Patriots, or at least you know my fantasy team hopes so.
2: Tough matchup for the Bills. The Patriots do, a, you know, they're they're a tough team right now. They've won six in a row. But all that being said. This is going to be like a playoff game at Highmark Stadium, right? It's a Monday night game. The crowd is going to be out for blood, right? It's going to be a, a great atmosphere. And Mac Jones hasn't played in an NFL game in December like this yet. He hasn't. And uh, you were spot on, Nick, right? A lot of dink and dunk. The Patriots can't really get it down the field with Mac Jones. They're letting him throw it more, but it's all controlled 10, 15-yard passes at, at most, and they're really scheming it up so guys get yak yards. Like, You'll see Jacoby Myers come across the middle, catch a ball, and then it's almost like design that he gets to the outside and gets a block from Kedrick Bourne to pick up like five or six more yards up the sideline. You know, they're kind of scheming it up that way to get yards after the catch, and it makes Mac Jones' numbers look amazing. But trust me when I say, he's throwing dink and dunk still. He's not going down the field. He's not really threatening defenses that way. It's a lot of Josh McDaniels. Is kind of, they're really managing Mac Jones. They're trying not to let him make any mistakes They're trying to figure out ways to gain yards in the passing game without letting him throw it down the field because he's not very accurate down the field. So this offense could definitely be stopped. And the Bills have a really good defense. And I'm just not convinced that Mac Jones is going to come into Buffalo in this crazy atmosphere and just come and win this game. If they do, I think the Pats are going to go to the Super Bowl. Like if if Mac Jones is ready, Nick, already (laughs) to come into Buffalo in this game, in this spot, and beat a hungry, more desperate Bills team, then fine, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. And you know I'm a Patriots fan, so it's hard for me to admit that. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Bills are going to win this game. You have the better quarterback. You have the better roster. And I really think, and I know you picked this as well on Bills Wire Nick, I think the Bills win this game at home. I think the Pats get you back at home later on. They end up splitting it, and it's like a wash at the end of the day. But I don't think the Bills are going to drop this game, especially with Tom Brady coming on deck. They're not going to drop this game. They're going to find a way to get it done. So if I'm betting the game – the spread's almost hard. It's hard to talk about the spread because it's moving. It's on its way down. It's at two and a half right now. I'm looking at Bill's money line. I'm, I think the Bills, I'm pretty confident the Bills are going to pull this out.
3: Yeah, I'm kind of in the same same realm as you right now, Ryan. Uh, I cause I think the the spread is probably going to end up somewhere where it started around three um, because there's going to be people like me when I see under a field goal, I'm like probably going to end in a field goal difference, right? So you might as well just take a two and a half or, yeah, yeah. Or, or or whatever. You know, it's probably so. So that's always going to, I think, go back, especially in a game like this where it's so hard to pick. So I mean, say, safe better. I'm I'm you know I, I'm I'm probably you know safely thinking bills money line here because it could be. Could be a close one. Uh, I think the Patriots definitely, as you said, they they definitely do with the Bills. I want to say struggle with mightily, and we'll see with the way Trey with Trey White being out, what happens. But yeah, why even talk about the spread? It's definitely it's definitely going to move. <laughs> You're completely right. It's, it's coming down. Gonna move from to, it's coming down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're gonna we're gonna see. We're gonna see. But uh, I think uh, I'm I'm definitely depending on where the spread is. If it's under three um i might as well just go for it if, if that's me but money line is, is probably going to be the better guess i i i still think belichick definitely i mean you said it yourself he, he he can recognize that he needs to go to that zone defense and nobody needs to hear nick from buffalo saying that bill belichick is good for them to know he's good he knows what he's doing he's going to watch all this film on Allen struggling and he's going to do the exact same thing so now it's up to his uh former uh protege. Uh, I don't know. Do, do people consider Brian Dable a protege of, of Bill Belichick? I'd I mean, say that. He's together.
4: part of the tree. Part of the tree. <laughs>
3: yeah, part of the Belichick tree. So we're going to see how the student does against, uh, against the teacher here. And like uh, if, if the Bills uh, the Bills can can counter that correctly, then then I, I'm, I'm really liking them this one. But I'm going to also, you know, I'm still going to stick to my guns. I think I just it, it's the Patriots are, are better than I think a lot of people thought they are or were going to be, pardon. But I just Looking at the division, I just was like, "There's no way they're going to go six and zero again. <laughs> it, just, it can't happen. That's, that's crazy that they went six and zero last year. Why? Why? Why do we think they're going to walk away? They just they lost to the Jaguars this year. You know, it's in New England. I think that it's going to be a different environment. So we're going to see where these two teams fall later on. And I think you're right. It's probably going to be a wash in, in terms of uh, splitting this series later on. But I'm I'm still going with the Bills right now. Um, Monday night, it, it's it's certainly going to be uh, quite an environment for uh, gonna be an for event. Matt Jones. It's, it's going to be an event. It's, yeah,
2: yeah. It's going it to be is. great. It's going to be great. And yeah, I'm with you. I'm on the Bills money line. Uh, and trust me, I'm I'm a Pats fan. I've watched every single Patriots game multiple times this year. Uh, and, and here's here's another bet that I would make: the total. It's forty three and a half. Nick, doesn't that seem low? Forty three. Wow, that is low. Has there ever been a Bills game this year that had a forty three and a half spread? Even against the Jaguars, I don't think it was that low. <laughs> Um, and it's, it's that low because the Patriots have completely been shutting teams down, right, on defense. They have. But who have they shut down, really, when you look at it? Mike White, Justin Herbert, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, right, like over the six-game win streak. They lost the games against Tom Brady and Dak Prescott. Close games, but they lost them. And I think this is going to yeah. be a close game. I think this is going to be a one-possession awesome event on Monday night. I really do. I think, I think the Patriots are good. I think the Bills are just a smidge better right now and the Bills are more desperate, and they're at home. So I give them the edge. Uh, But it's not like the Patriots have been shutting down elite quarterbacks. Like Josh Allen's an elite quarterback. He is like in that class with Brady and Prescott this year. And I think that gives the Bills a slight edge, right? So 43.5, way too low for me. I think I would bet the over. I think the Bills can score some points. I think the Patriots can go with them a little bit.
3: I totally agree, Ryan, because you said 43.5, and and I was like, what do they know that I don't know? Seriously, yeah. (laughs) And I think it's just an
2: overreaction to the Pats' defense.
3: Yeah, sometimes you can see you know, you get the, the the numbers in or whatever the spread is, whatever game it is. Uh, I I mean, even last night I I, I end up you know doing a same gamer and I, I I lost that one, but I did pick Washington to win and they were the underdog and I'm like, the Seahawks look awful.
2: They do. What, what happened I'm like, there?
3: I'm like, what don't I recognize here? Because the, the Washington was the underdog, and I'm just like, this is the most obvious underdog I should pick, and I did, and I almost got it right, but I got carried away with the same game parlay again. <laughs> so don't don't do those people. Don't be me. Don't be Nick. But yeah, it's one of those ones. At 43 and a half. Wow. I definitely would go the over because if you're picking the Bills, almost it's like not that they're going to score 43 on Belichick and the Patriots, but I mean they score when they win and they play well. They do score points. So I. Don't, I that's yeah, 43 and a half. Sign me up for that, over.
2: Yeah, it hit it twice yeah. for me, yeah, actually. Yeah, multiple <laughs> units. I, I think that's one of my favorite bets on the whole board. 43 and a half. It's an overreaction. The Patriots defense is good and they're opportunistic and they take the ball away, but they did let the Titans rush for almost 300 yards last weekend with like Deonta Foreman or whoever and whoever this other guy was. Uh, two running backs I've never heard of in my life are running right down the Patriots' throats, but the Patriots, after literally after a 60-yard run, Nick, the Patriots are running, knocking the ball out of the guy's hands and then scooping it up for the fumble. It's like, okay, so we erase all these yards because we're getting takeaways. I think the Titans lost three fumbles. So the Pats were yep. taking the ball away and not giving up points, but they got gashed on the ground against the Titans. The Titans didn't even try to pass. <laughs> I think Mike Vrabel was like, A.J. Brown's out, Julio Jones is out. I'm not going to pass this game. I'm just going to run it. And they had success. Like, you can move the ball against the Patriots. You just gotta cash in. If you're throwing it, you gotta get it into tight windows. You gotta recognize the zone, and, and you gotta be on top. You gotta be sharp. You gotta be on top of your game. They're gonna make it hard on you, but you can move the ball. You can beat the Patriots. They're, again, Sam Darnold, Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. These are the quarterbacks the Pats have shut down. They have not faced Josh Allen over this stretch. So, just an overreaction. So, yeah, again, I'm I'm on the Bills here. I think the Bills win the game, and, I, and bet the over. My goodness, but uh, all that to say, Nick, what the hell do we know? We we really don't know what's going to happen in this game. And all I all I can tell you <laughs> is it's going to be fun when that ball kicks off on Monday night, man. It's going to be fun because the Patriots should not be here. The Patriots should not be where they are. The Bills should not be where they are. Um, it's like opposite land, right? The Patriots are the one that's trying to close the gap on the Bills, not the other way around. So uh, just kind of fascinating the way this is played out, the Patriots being back in it and it's just going to be really fun on Monday night. I can't wait. It's going to be a fun game.
3: Yeah. I, I I surely just from a neutral perspective, I I haven't been this excited for a game in a while. It just seemed, seemed like last year, maybe the bills had an easy schedule not obviously they earned their way to the AFC championship game, but you know, the division games weren't exactly the most pressing ones last year. And those are your rivals and, uh, they did a couple of close games throughout the season. I mean, they did end up losing last year to the Titans, the Chiefs in the regular season, and they they now have more losses already this year than they did all of last year. And uh, and it's it's now just the stars are aligning for this one to be just uh, a hell of a game, and it's going to be a good time. And I I I'm jealous, truly jealous, of anyone who is going to be in that stadium on uh, on Monday. And I. Uh, I don't say I don't say that often because I love the comforts of my own home, Ryan. Yeah, know. <laughs> I, I love to sit in my own home, nice and warm, watching my best me, blues all day. Me too. So.
2: Yeah, but I I will say this though for for Patriots fans, um, man, that rebuild took forever. It was really rough on us, Nick. That that rebuild, <laughs> all of oh 2020, boy. that whole season it took to to get back to where we need to be. It was it was rough for us, Pats fans. I'll tell you that. All right, now you've gone too far. <laughs> I have. Let's quit while we're ahead. Uh, for Nick, I'm We appreciate all of our listeners. Again, if you can hit subscribe, we that would, that would be amazing. And, uh, hey, enjoy some football this week. It doesn't get any better. Bill's Pass will be back next week to break it all down.